here we are and welcome to another episode of the friday night movie podcast i am here with my sisters becky and lily uh lily how are you doing today i'm good i'm all right um, living living on the lamb in the canary islands living on the lamb uh we avoided going anywhere like very public today because it's like a Saturday. So there's just more people everywhere and decided to take a little trip into the mountains. What I did not expect it, it was going to be 107 degrees when we got there. Really? Like, I don't like understand the climate or where you live, but it sounds like there's a lot of temperature. Mom's like, mom's like, I thought it was going to be cold. I was like, look, I didn't think it was going to be cold, but I didn't expect this. She's like, this is a god awful mess. Was she desperate for water there. by the time you got there? Desperate for She's water. So desperate for water. I'm desperate for we water. We saw these beautiful views. And then on the way back, I was sitting in so Ari's car seat. I'm in the middle seat. Dad's on the end. I'm already not mom's in the Let's front to seat. This. So dad's like <laughs> an unnatural dad, amount of people like, in a car. Right. Dad so like nauseous. full on like passes out from being like way too hot. He just like is like bobbling would, from side I to would, side. I would absolutely go into a protective sleep if I was in this car. <laughs> yes, I would just like pass out. That's what it looked like. Like it was a very beautiful place when we got there and the views were nice and everybody had something to drink and it was lovely. Mom like had a gigantic beer. Jose <laughs> orders like an ungodly amount of beer for 107 degrees. Mom's like, I'll have whatever he's having. Because the classic mom. Dad has a gazpacho. And then <laughs> <laughs> I have wa- a cold, the coldest water you can imagine, obviously, because it's me. And then, like, we're driving our way back. Dad 100% goes into like cocoon mode. He's like, I'm done with this day. But because of the curvy rows, the poor man just like bobbling back and forth between the door. And that's like really good that I'm squishy because he just like <laughs> leaning. It was it was very squished in the backseat, but it was right. a lovely. Becky, like before, the part, but part of the story that Lily's leaving out is that the drive to this town, you'd go into a protective state there. not from the heat because of how truly terrifying, terrifying. It's yeah. like death. It's a death-defying drive. It is oh, it's the scariest drive I've ever been on. It's, it's like it's yeah. a steep cliffside with like a one-lane, two-way highway. Hundred percent. It's, it's horrifying. Again, you just yeah. the shy motto is: if you paid for the house or the hotel, why would you go do something else? <laughs> I'm leaning more and more into that, that in my older years. Now, now, Becky, before I tell my exciting podcast news just a quick how are you doing and then we'll come back okay i'm fine all's well i don't really know what to tell you about i'm fine so we have an exciting special event episode of this podcast that is going to drop and i'm actually going to tell you guys right now that i officially got permission from steve greenberg of s curve records to release the conversation that i had with him As well as Eurovision 2018 winner and cameo appearance star of Eurovision, Netta. So Netta won Eurovision with the song Toy, which is amazing. And as part of uh, a partnership with Camp Tell Yehuda, where our parents went and where we went as campers, I was moderating a weekly discussion with them. And Steve Greenberg, who is a legend in the music business, was uh, going to be the guest that week. And he is such a gracious and wonderful guy. And I'll, and I'll talk a little bit about what, what he and I talked about in a moment. But he invited Netta 
to drop in and sure enough she dropped in and chatted with us and then it's amazing very graciously and david weinstein from ty graciously agreed to let us release the whole conversation on the friday night movie podcast feed so if you haven't already seen it in the feed go check it out it's pretty amazing and it's a lot of fun and we cover some really awesome topics we talk a lot with them about their careers about uh navigating the, the the world as Jewish artists and how that informs uh, their experience as artists. We talked about a film and album that Steve produced with David Broza, the famous Israeli musician, called East Jerusalem, West Jerusalem. It's an amazing album and a really beautiful film about D David Broza going into uh, the Palestinian side of Jerusalem, East Jerusalem, and working with Palestinian musicians to create this album that promotes peace and understanding. We also talked about um, an album and uh, a song uh, released by the OJs called Above the Law, which is a biting critique of systemic racism of, in, in the United States. And, and then we talked a lot with Netta about what it's like, you know, it being in, in her shoes and how she has developed uh, into this incredibly true and authentic person um, as an artist. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't be more proud and excited to have been able to have that opportunity. So that is going to be released or has no, been I just need a spoiler. Yeah. I need a spoiler. Did you bring up Eurovision? Uh, I brought up Eurovision with, Eurovision with Steve, um, but I did not talk as much with Netta. Uh, I didn't talk with Netta really as much about Eurovision. Do you mean the contest or the movie? Oh. The, the movie I, I i mentioned the movie to steve but i didn't really i didn't want to use my time with netta to ask her about this oh, yeah, that's such like, good self-discipline no I, I asked her i asked her about what it's like you know being an authentic artist and and also by the way having to represent your country and all the jewish people around the world right uh, it's like the olympics we talked a lot Not about the just. pressures singing the, music. we talked a lot about the yeah. pressures of social media um it was really really special conversation and she's absolutely wonderful and wow isn't that exciting that's like it is that's a big that's a big friday night movie score so it was Very it was exciting. really awesome and uh lily you are are thinking of getting in touch with kulat bilisak the the woman who created bajillion dollar properties the subject of our conversation today and pitching her your own show correct mom already named the show what's oh. the what's, oh it's a spanish version of the show and it's called like property hunters or like house hunters kind of thing. But in Spanish, it's a play on words because the word for hunt is, um, it sounds the same as the word for house. So she, mom wants to call it like casa de casas or something like that. <laughs> because casar is to hunt. Mom like already has like the logo and like the theme, like it's a little bit of like a But is this going to be like a actual unscripted reality show, if you will, or, or yes. will it be? No, no. Oh, so, oh, mom like, can only, so, so it's really going to be more like. Mom can only be unscripted. Okay. Like, mom is unscripted. But, but is mom like, playing like, herself or a pretend version of herself in this? Oh, definitely. Guys, her, definitely pretend herself. version. No, oh, or I pretend think version. I think herself is I think, I think the already pretend a lot version is the same as the self. So is so she the owner no of the real life estate is company? art in this? Who are the like, characters? Well, Becky's the, Becky's definitely like a guest star that everybody wants to be like a fixed. Like they're like, oh, why can't you're going to write me into the episode? show eventually, right? Like they're like, wow, like she has to just be in the show at this point. You know what I mean? Like like this like the person that's like in the pilot. The way Rob Lowe was not meant to like forever be on Parks and Rec, but he was just so good. So that's going to be like the Becky character. But it's really, um, 
it's really like the Jose and Fanny show at this point. So it's a, a um, son-in-law, a Spanish son-in-law yes. who converted to Judaism and his Juban <laughs> mother-in-law taking the getting drunk. real estate market. <laughs> getting drunk. Right, getting drunk because she orders whatever he's ordering, no matter what he orders. She's like, <laughs> I'm just having that. And I'm like, mom, he's having like seven liters of beer. And she's like, yeah, I just want one of those. I would like the okay. boot of beer, please. You know? Yes. Like- well, <laughs> and, then, and then she's always like, oh, why am I so dizzy? Or like, why am I nauseous? Oh, I need to eat something. I'm like, you so, drink let's go like for a, a burger. So, so let's, yeah. get into this, let's get into the show. Uh, anyway, okay. Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, I just have to tell you. So this is my pitch. Because the two of them, like this started out. We're here. We're renting a house. We're like, like isolated. We've isolated ourselves because I we've been in, like locked in my apartments with our parents for three and a half months, and it's like really hot in summer here. And um, it's Jose's dream to have a beach house or a vacation house. This is his dream, and so he's always constantly looking at property listings online. And you know, mom gets on any bandwagon humanly possible, and so one of her greatest qualities. Right. And there's like a lot of like dynamics down here, you know, on, on the island and like with the different people and, we and the different have temperatures, temperatures that we have. Exactly. And we have met um, some like hilarious, like real estate agents, like they all have like a type. And like, I feel like there's Gina, at, which there is a Gina. There's a Guillermo. There's a Jose Maria, which I thought was hilarious. But that a lot of times people here are named for both of Jesus' parents his parents. I mean, so, it, but what's so, the, give me an example of the type of one of them. Okay. So like Gina is super well-dressed, a little bit older, very classy. She only shows houses like, you know, that are very like high standing or condos or stuff like that. She drives a uh, white Porsche uh, Cayenne. Um, she takes like the COVID really seriously, like with the mask and everything, you know, like when you, when she's going to show you a property or doing an open house or whatever, then her, there's her counterpart who I think is kind of like her nemesis, Guillermo. He dresses just as well, but a man, I think he also has a Porsche. <laughs> I don't have ever seen so many Porsches in my life. And, um, uh, mom, like mom's like not into him at all. Mom's just like, no, no, he's definitely scamming us or whatever. I don't and, know. And, and, and then- now- Jose breaking Jose breaking into this market like what what kind of things is he doing to ingratiate himself or play the well, system? He so he first um, he just loves to call these all these agents on the listings because he just looks at all these listings <laughs> and he's like I want to see this house can you show this house he just like is like making all these phone calls um, with uh, he has a much smaller budget than these houses are worth and mom. It eggs him on. Mom's like, well, if we can see something that's two million or three million, let's just do it. I just want to see the house. And he's so like, well, like- I mean, it's so a wait. So she's egging him on. He shows up everywhere in flip flops and like a surf t shirt. And mom like dresses as fancy as humanly possible as the clothes that she has out here. So it's a very odd dynamic. And then they're like, so that's your mother in law? Okay, trying to understand the, the situation. And we went. Mom, we, mom just really wanted to see what this house would look like. So we went to kind of like an open house with, I want to say it was Guillermo, Gina's nemesis. He showed it to us. Uh, I, he, he took us to this open house and it's just like almost 2 million euro beach house with a private pool. And it's like so gorgeous. And we go in and I have to bring, if I, I wanted to go see this, I have to bring my four-year-old 
not two seconds into this house did my four-year-old in front of all the other people that are there just go mommy caca and I was like oh um sorry can we use your bathroom because the owner had sent like a representative to the house to manage the open house and she was like I yeah I guess I then proceed to spend 45 minutes in the bathroom as my son destroys the toilet of this very fancy bathroom <laughs> that has not just a toilet, but a bidet and a urinal, like a very fancy urinal. That's, and that um, is fancy. It is very fancy. Like a very fancy urinal. It looked like an egg with a hole in it. Like very fancy. And it was very high up. I think the owner must be tall. And Ari's just like destroying that bathroom. Um, like I had to use the scrub brush. And we're we finally like, mom is like locking on the door. She's like, we got to go. Like, we can't just keep staying here. The last ones at this open house. And I like <laughs> casually open the door. I'm like leaving the windows open in the bathroom. I'm like, anyways, thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> so you're definitely out. the type of people that go to an open house. It's like, I love to test you, out pooping just to <laughs> yeah. test out pooping in the bathroom like, like, for you, free man. snacks. Like, and right. to take a poop. When Jason Siegel goes for the snacks. Exactly. I just want to do a quick callback to that time Shai was shopping for a toilet in like a home. Oh, one of our most downloaded episodes to yeah. this day. And on Mother's actually, Day. Actually, and like shopping. this actually plays into something I think we feel that often happens in bajillion dollar properties, which is a good role play. And Shai needed to role play pooping right. and sitting on the that toilet. I did role and play. made the salesperson watch him sit on various toilets oh yeah no and i did i wanted to know and tush comfort and cheek distance, i think it's very important cheek the required cheek spread for a particular bowl yeah. i can't all stand those it 100 so, so yeah, yeah narrow so bowls we discovered a show on it was on it, it was so here's the follow here's the logic as to how we found it or the thread watching space force i was in, we were introduced to tawny newsom who plays um the uh, the pilot who works with Steve Carell and she was amazing in it. And so I wanted to find out more things about her and, that she worked in. And so I tweeted about it and somebody, I can't remember off the top of my head, but somebody tweeted back said, Oh, you got to check out bajillion dollar properties. It's on Pluto TV. And Pluto TV is a free Not service with real? lots of ads. It was too. Com Anyways, I watched a few episodes of the show and I knew my sisters needed to see this show more than I did. Like my enjoyment of the show was pretty high. I didn't, was, I didn't know how much I needed to see the show. It was only going to hire. So I just went and I was on the phone with Becky, I think when it happened and I just went and I just said, I'm just buying the whole show. I bought the whole series. I thought you had already seen it. No, no. I'd only seen like four episodes, but I, I just went like, this was, I don't know what this is called. When this you know, you know, high. it's like when but, you meet the one, but this is, like you, you just go, know. But this is like you go, go all, all in. in. Like yeah. You roll those dice. You you roll the um you roll the dice. You you, you went big, man. I went big and I just said, I am buying. This is a buy. And not only that, it's a buy for me, but it's really a buy for you guys because I knew you would love this show. Bajillion dollar property. Also, I'm living it. Like literally. I'm living the show right now. So it's Anyways, like the, I, I the show and dipping could not be more accurate. While I thought Tanya Newsom was great on Space Force and really funny. Now that I've seen her in Bajillion Dollar, I appreciate her that much more. I realize how so she is so funny. She's so great. And I feel like there I want I can't wait to see more of what she does because yeah. just of how 
amazing so, she is in Bajillion. She is so funny. So Bajillion Dollar Properties is a fake property show. I would never watch a real property show. Like, it's the worst thing in the world. But or the fake property you? show is very funny. Or would you? Like I said, created Because I've cool, come full circle here with this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, created by Kulap <laughs> Vilasak. Uh, and uh, it stars Tawny Newsom. And it stars, wow, I don't remember all the other actors' names, except, of course, Paul F. Tompkins, who plays, uh, what's his name, Rose Dragon? Dean Rose Dragon. Dean Rose Dragon. I remember all the names of the characters. Yeah, Dean well, Rose and they're Dragon. all, and all of the actors are like, I know that guy from a thing. He's so funny. Wait, what thing is he in? It's like all those, but they're so, they're so good. And really, really great improv actors, comedians, all of them. And mm-hmm. and they they are so funny and so uh, in like it just it's all it, well the cameos are also and the cameos amazing. Are anyway, so too. it's so, a Becky, we need to explain really what the show is. So okay. the show so is it, a Becky, you explain it because I don't understand a real estate show anyway. Well, it doesn't matter. It's real estate. It's a it's a it's a it's a fake show, but it's it's basically like a a mockumentary style or not a mockery it's it's like a reality reality show it's a fake reality show uh, of like your classic reality show where you see the observational scenes of you know people trying to either buy or sell houses because it's about real estate and then with the interviews you know like the 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 confessional interviews where each of the characters are commenting on what's happening in the story so like your classic reality tv show about buying and selling homes and this property group Platinum Properties is, you know, supposedly one of the best, most high-end real estate groups in all of LA selling homes, you know, like starting at $10 million. So, you know, all really expensive, fancy schmancy. And each of the agents have their own shtick and their own um, unique personalities. Like on a reality show, there's like- Like on a reality show. And all the inter-office fighting and backstabbing. Um, And I think- also giving us regular people uh, a window inside the high-end world of LA property buying and the demands of clients that these agents need to meet. In particular, one of my favorite things that many clients seem to demand, and I am dying to know if this is real, is role-playing as they look at a home. (laughs) So you have these amazing cameos by like so many, so many hilarious actors. Um, uh, Um, Adam Scott, Zach Galifianakis, um, who Patton who Oswalt, Patton Oswalt. You have like Dave such Foley's great too, Dave Foley. Such great. Um, and, at, like, and you every know episode that, has at least one um, or two amazing cameos of these people Manzoukas, coming in. Manzukis, of being, course, but he Manzoukas, was a, he was a and, and, <laughs> But the the creator of the show is Cassandra in that episode. That, oh. his assistant is the creator of the show. <laughs> Oh, cassette. That's that's who that's she is. She funny. did a great job. Um, and when she's done, she's like, "It's so good. Like, it's so much fun." So it has great cameos. <laughs> she just really, great cameos. <laughs> funny comedians. Um, I seems like there's quite a bit of improv in the show. Um, yeah. Well, I think they all come from improv backgrounds. Yeah, I mean, assume for sure. She. Plays- anyway, so every episode, it's like a bit formulaic, but every episode is really funny and and unique in the in the bits that they're doing. But okay, but here here's a a key thing. Now, I have recently had some real life experience with real estate, which has been eye-opening and made the show really funny. But what really solidified it is that I happened upon a 
a, a real reality show about LA property set like real estate people oh on it's Netflix. the real version of this show and it's literally the real version of this show shy you really need to watch like five minutes of it amazing and it, blew, it blew me away like it makes the jillion dollar properties even funnier well it's just or it makes it seem like guys so... your show isn't absurd enough can you like up the ante because a lot of these things are actually happening wait can we right. can we talk can we get like we dive into the show a little bit and actually like, I want you guys to answer some of my questions yeah, that I, I had. Yeah, I'd love to hear Becky's questions. So I want to know, okay, let's start with- And, and again, if your... you don't, if you don't, if you don't know how to find this show, get the Pluto TV app and watch it for free with commercials or just, just buy the whole series. It's just worth it. It's for worth like it. a few bucks. It's really And to make yourself laugh even more, watch five minutes of, what was that? Was the show I sent Sunset. Sunset. Shit, something. <laughs> I don't want to Selling sunset. Selling, selling sunset, selling sunset um, which is like too much. Like, oh my god, it okay. looks like it's fake, but it's real. So, so far, we've each seen about you know the first one or two seasons or so. Who who's been your favorite cameo so far? Well, I, I haven't seen as much as you guys, but still, even from what you've seen, I would say my favorite. So it's it's so I would say the funniest cameo. Or or one that was a big deal for me from the beginning was the Adam Scott one in the first episode where he plays the artist because the rock star rock star who is like a total maniac. And the reason why I liked it is that I feel like it set the tone where we're going to get great guest stars. I mean, these are all well-connected comedians who are really, really funny. We're going we're gonna to get great, great guest stars and we're going to get them to come in and just play crazy people. But the one that makes me the most happy, of course, and because I knew it made Matt Becky Dugas. so happy, no, is is when Weird Al appeared in a in a briefing. Oh, crazy yeah, guy talking to a stuffed it. dog. I mean, he plays a really crazy person. Yeah, that was very very funny, and it just I love seeing Weird Al with this particular group of comedians. He's done a lot of funny stuff with them, and so I enjoyed seeing him in the group. What about you, Lil? Um, the act, I mean, obviously Adam Scott Manzukis, and I'm looking forward that Galifianakis has a bit in it. Oh, he's so funny. Okay. He's so funny. Uh, he's on a different level is... when he, he does this so stick. The cameo I enjoyed Adam Scott, but the funniest of the guest characters to me is Galifianakis. Because he, I don't know, he talks about a guy. He's obviously making stuff up. Yeah, like he's obviously improvising, but the way his brain works and the way that he delivers his improvised lines are—it's just very unique. It's very special. So that's the one I'm most looking forward to. But I think up until what I have seen so far is uh, Brian Husky, who plays that butler, who's just messing with Baxter and Andrew. (laughs) Yeah, plays that. Oh yeah, have you been? Have you been to that episode? Yeah, where they're yeah. doing a role play within a role play. I think yeah. I've been to the house. Have you seen yeah. that episode? You mean? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been? There's a role play within the role play. Role play exactly. Yeah, yeah, that episode. So I, actually, there's a bunch of scenes like that where I during the it. scenes I don't like them, but when I think about them, I'm like, oh, that's really I thought I didn't actually didn't like it while I was watching it. It's yeah. so that uncomfortable. One scene, I was like, this is so weird and uncomfortable. What's going on? But when I realized that <laughs> they're just messing with them for their kicks, I was like hilarious yeah. and i just thought that guy was really funny as that butler and it's very obvious that they're um improvising mm-hmm. uh nick kroll is also in it uh, he's great his, his is great he's in it like there's a jack uh, mcbrayer's in it there's a ton of cameos 
Yes, but we're just asking um, you which one's your favorite. Short. We're not asking you to name them. We're not asking you to IMDb it. Lily's just everyone. Just, welcome I'm to our looking, new podcast just, where Lily reads you IMDb. I'm just saying, there's so, so many great my cameos. My favorite to cameo. What's yours? My favorite cameo is, although all of the ones you name are awesome, my favorite is always going to be Jason Manzukis because where I think Manzukis brings it when he does a cameo is that yes. He's really funny himself and doing his Manzukis thing, but I find he really brings out great moments with the other characters, when him in particular, right? Because yes, when people have to react to him, because he's so bananas and in particular, the role that they put him in as this like celebrity photographer trying to get, you know, a, a, he a was born photograph. to play that role. Right. And so I feel like when you put him in a scenario, you're not just, it's not like a Galifianakis who's doing something like really weird and unique and hilarious. The other people have to react to him. So it's, it's just making it even funnier. So and he got always... to work with basically everyone in the cast. Which yeah. Was... And he did. And that was also very special. So. All right. Keep coming with the questions cameo. back. All right. So my next question is, um, which was your favorite role play that you've seen? <laughs> I've only seen the one that's not even a real one. It's there trying to just like, like fuck I mean, with the real estate agents. And the other one, I, the only other one I saw was the actor who wants to be in character while he sees the property. That's played by Scott Ackerman, who's <laughs> married to Cool Up Villasek, who's married oh, to the creator. There's a really funny one he's, with Glenn. He's, he's there's a really funny one with weird. Glenn who's selling a house to a woman whose husband is in there, and she makes him role play as her husband, but then he also yeah. still has to be himself in the scene. And yeah. so he's going back yeah. and forth. So that was going to be my favorite is that's yeah. with Casey Wilson, who is also a genius, brilliant, hilarious person. That is my favorite one because yeah. Glenn in season one is kind of annoying in season yeah. two. I like the way they upgrade his character and that, <laughs> that scene where he has to play himself. Yeah, he like levels up and with her. You see how good he really is, like how great of an actor, how funny he really is in that yeah. scene. That that's that that to me was a, a graduation of Glenn's character. So for okay. me, that's definitely the best role play. But now on to business. Okay. If you had to sell your home, which of these agents would you hire? Victoria. Victoria, Why? probably. Because yeah. she's gonna get it done. To sell my house. I'm not saying to buy, to sell. She's getting her done. Okay. She's, she's getting it done. The she's best. the worst. Like she's the villain. Like the most competent. She's, vi- she's, well, she's also like a bit like, yeah, she's a bit of a B. Like she's pretty terrible to everybody. Like I love Chelsea. She, I want to get- like go for drinks with Chelsea. But I know Victoria's getting me the best deal. That's not no. who I would buy a house from. That's what no, I would see, sell I would have Amir sell my house because I feel like he consistently gets like the most well he well, he'll, he'll go the furthest he achieves he achieves <laughs> yes, 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 yes. into the highest he's, selling price he's willing he's to go the fur- he has no he dignity. will he's, do he has no so dignity he's willing to go the furthest that yeah. is true uh and I, then I, yeah. I would probably have victoria sell and who would you hire if you were buying one of these homes? if i was buying one i would say like the one I want to hang out with most is Tawny Newsom's character. Chelsea. Yeah, she's the only one Le- I, I could Le- tolerate. L e i g h t because mm-hmm. she is the one that's like cool enough that you want to like you want to you want her to think you're cool. But I feel like that would cause me to spend more money because right. I would, like want her to think I'm cool, so I'll just like buy the house that she tells me to buy. Um, but I, I would. I do say, feel like yeah. 
No, I was going to say, but but knowing my wife, and you've never bought a house with my wife, but I have, you, you really need <laughs> someone who can care for the psychology of the situation. That's exactly what I was thinking. And and for me, that's that's Baxter and Andrew. Baxter and yeah, Andrew. Say, they really, sensitive. yeah, they want to get their client what the client wants. Yeah, and they have really personalities so they can adjust a little bit more. They're, very, they're more sensitive. They, and they also never seem to be they never seem to be making fun of the client behind their back or being mean to the client. Whereas it seems everybody else hates the clients. I, yeah. I Baxter, Baxter and Andrew seem a little bit more as like the clients people, even though I'm confident they would make a mess out of the situation, but I would say they're the nicest guys. Um, all right. That was, that wraps up my question. My, my, okay. my question so, period for, Another another show that we another show that I finally got to finish watching that we both got a chance that we all got a chance to talk to. So spoiler alert here is I finally finished The Good Place and I got to the ending of The Good Place. And I just want to say I, I, I was emotional about it, but I was ready to go. And and I think that's sort of what the, the theme of the end of the show was, which is nothing lasts forever. And that's OK. That's a good thing. And you've got to be OK with sort of moving on. And I thought yeah, they also they were smart. They ended it when they should have. Yeah, I don't think we needed show. more of that show. Right. Yeah, so that that was good. Uh, that was a good ending. And then there's a new show that I'm only halfway through. Becky's halfway through. Lily watched all of in like I one sitting. It. Mm-hmm. Called Love Life, starring Anna Kendrick, which is on HBO Max. Well, I'm like back on. By the way, like I I told you, I like I got off the Anna Kendrick train. Oh long. really? Why? Yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't know. It's Maybe perfect it's three? perfect. I wasn't into the in, her like her Instagram was like annoying me. I don't know what it was. I was just like, okay, we get it. You're small and cute and talented. I don't know what it was. It's like everything I love about Christian Bell. I for some reason having like a weird like contrary reaction to Anna Kendrick. No, I mean you are you know, you know a little emotional these days, so. Well, I guess I, I, I'm just so, saying. I'm just saying. So but but I, but she has redeemed herself in my eyes, and it's not her fault. It's me. It's not her. But I thought that she did great in this series. I I think it's this very cute. Rom rom commy type. It's of more show. rom than com. It's more it's like dramatic. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. It's if sort it of like an American so. watered down flea bag is how I experienced it. Oh, it's not really ex- watered mm, down. No. Then like. Yeah, like it's, it's more of just like a really long movie, I guess. Yeah, it is. Like, it is like a really like, long movie. I'm only halfway through it, but but I will but say stylistically, I like how each episode opens. I like the way that each episode is bookended, the way that it it opens I, with I like know, a Becky, specific you, intro, and I like you that. are not a huge fan of narration, but I re- I like the narration. I like it, but it's well done. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. like the way that it's just bookended like the episode begins and ends like a very specific way they it's kind of like create... an outlander where they're like right. and then claire picked 10 flowers yes and no here it's a nice like setup and a nice closing to each episode um i also like stylistically that each episode although we're clearly building towards something bigger they are they're actually almost like capsule episodes each one we're just being dropped into this moment in her life and they i mean at least in the first four well changed a little bit in episode five but um i like that so like we're that. on we're, we're on episode six so we're on episode six we haven't gotten to the end there's 10 episodes 
and there's definitely three boyfriends that have a, so each episode focuses on a different romantic relationship of hers in a different way um, over different years in her life progressing towards something we don't really know for sure um, and the, I wanted to play a little Byron man with the three boyfriends that I thought were a-holes and that is Magnus um Bradley Field, who is the second boyfriend, the divorced guy, and then young Luke Ducharme, because old Luke Ducharme actually seemed pretty cool. And he's hey, by- I'm not there yet. I know we're gonna see an old Luke Ducharme. Yeah, he's you played do. by he's played by Gallagher, not Peter Gallagher. Um, the Gallagher <laughs> really who is, is idiot, who is, not Gallagher or Peter Gallagher, but I think it's John Gallagher Jr., the one who uh, was in newsroom. The one who was in the newsroom and Beth, he he's not was, understanding anything you're saying. He was also the, I saw newsroom. Who was he in newsroom? He's the guy. The guy. Yeah. I don't know. The, he's a good old for Anna Kendrick. Well, I don't know. They, he was also an American idiot on Broadway. So he like that's where I saw him. He was awesome. So Oh, like like on the Broadway yeah. uh, show? No, I can know. Yeah, John Gallagher Jr. So okay. So he does we, seem he but, would be older than her, but I guess the Luke character could have been a older than her in high school either could way be a few years i'm older than talking her. about the high school one so this is just episodes that all three of us have seen okay by is the one oh he's also in modern love like, did you see the wait hold sorry no. in modern love the no episode i didn't see it go, uh, i didn't see it he's great in modern moving love. on magnus this is kind of like bradley love, field sure. and luke de charm young not old. okay so of those three so so let's be clear by is the one that is the least despicable Meh, like you know, oh. rent and no, I always like doing by being the most. By is the worst. Oh, no, so by, is the, by is the one that you can tolerate the most. It's like that's, the best of them, guy. and oh, Meh is the okay. one you want to get rid of. Yeah, that's okay. true. But yeah. they're all playing the same. They're all bad. Okay, so bad. you have. I mean, Meh, Magnus. This yeah. just that guy everything. from the moment. What's really? You want to hear something really funny about me and Allie? The moment he comes on, I'm like, I hate this guy. Like the moment he walked on the yeah. screen, like yeah. I'm like, I hate this. No, I'm dumb. It took me, it took me half garbage. an episode at least to be like, oh, this guy seems nice. I think it's because I, I like, lived oh, in Brooklyn. I think it's because I lived yeah, in Brooklyn. I exactly. Like, I took one experience. look at him and I'm like, I know everything about you. You are so toxic. Well, you are so, like the epitome wow. of like narcissism and toxicity. And, and you are horrible. Ha- and can't be happy for her. And can't be happy for her. anybody else. It's always about, yeah, they're just a total narcissist. He, he's, um, he's a garbage person. But the moment he walked in, I hated his guts. And, Allie, and just the fact that he's he, a chef he, he's, in Brooklyn covered in tattoos. Right. I'm like, oh my God, it's, you just, it's like, you, you, he's he perfect. He, you didn't actor, even hire an actor. Yeah. You just went into any of those hip restaurants in Brooklyn and said, hey, you, you're going to be in this show well, now. The actor Nick Thune does a nice Dude, he, he does a great job. No, it's I'm saying I, it's like so perfect. Thought it was done really well. I'm saying he's so perfectly cast. Everything from his build to his style to what he's wearing to his tattoos to the the caricature of the being the chef. Like everything about it feels like it's so perfect. They didn't even write a character. They just like found a real human because this is so real. And and, and I'll say I don't relate to the show meaning I like it a lot, but I don't see like I like we finished last night Allie and I episode 6 and I was like yeah, wow, I don't I don't think any of my relationships are anything like no, this. No, I don't. At all. I couldn't relate. And, whereas Allie was it. like kind of quiet and then she was like <laughs> 
Uh, I've dated uh, a man. Yes. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't not relate to these things. I feel like this is actually a story about Becky's boyfriends. Ooh. Like these are, <laughs> I feel like each one of these has a quality of one of Becky's boyfriends until she met her husband. I mean, but a show Brooklyn, like this so. makes me, a show like this makes me just feel so good about my choice of who I married. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> You can come out the other end of this and make good choices. So, um, so Meh Magnus, I, and if it's really truly between the other two, um, I think I would probably buy the young Luke because you're a teenager. So even if you do like kind of hurtful or not the best things, there's more forgiveness in it because you're like 15 or 16 and you're still like learning how to be, um, a good person. Uh, and, uh, and I rent the divorced guy because, like, he – I don't think there's anything wrong with him in particular. I just think the dynamic of her being at a certain place in her life and his being at a certain place in his is just too uneven in the relationship. And I think that's that, for me, is, like, the bigger problem with it. Not that he himself is such a terrible person. And so I, I meh that because so I just I- – I met Magnus. I, I agree. I mean, I bought, I rent that guy. I met, I met Magnus, but I'm going to buy Bradley field, the divorced guy. Me not, too. And the reason why is not because I think he's good. Cause he's another one that I was like, Oh, garbage person. But because, no, I, I like him. but because the, the, the teenager situation, I feel like, like the, Luke is, was mean to her. He hurt her. Maybe, you know, that's the way teenagers are, but he hurt her in a way. Bradley Field, um, she gets drunk at Bla- Bradley Field's mother's funeral and that's, like one, of, that's one of my favorite and scenes in the show. Like relentlessly right. until they break up. And she's I just, as much it, of a shit as he is in that relationship. Yeah, in that like relationship, the way she behaves. Ex- exactly. The Luke one, I have more empathy for for her in the in the in sympathy for her, but in the Bradley Field relationship, I feel like she just like I'm like, what are you doing, lady? Why do you think this is going to work out? And now you're making everything worse. But I thought that right. was that was also really well done. Um, I also uh, I also there's a couple other elements. I, I, so I don't know how it ends, but I know from the beginning I was rooting for Augie. Is Augie, Augie right? Yeah, I'm totally Augie. rooting for Augie. Augie's very not like no, Lily's like the worst I, liar and does terrible. I'm not spoilers, even looking. So she just turn your video saying, off. I'm not just saying, turn your video. I'm off. not saying they're going to end up together, but I that's like before they started hinting that it was unfinished. I was like. Well, that guy seems fine. I bet she's going to end up back with that guy. Or you're like, gosh, I hope she ends up with someone like nice like him. Yeah. And he, Is this just like a one season or am I going to have to like. Well, it says there's a second season, but I don't I know. I can't if, imagine if there's a second season. It. I don't honestly. know if it's with her in it or if it's with like right. another person. The way it oh, ends, okay. I don't see why you'd need a second season. And maybe, I, maybe. So okay. I, so there's one. It, weird it ends pretty well. Episode like four. Episode four, Anna Kendrick had like a sore throat throughout that whole episode. And she was sick. I know. She... And it takes place over like a period of time. Yeah. And you're just like, have you been sick? Do you have a cold for seven and... months, Anna Kendrick? Yeah. It's like, well, it's so obvious. I mean, it's it just really like, I, I didn't think it was bad, but I just like, it. I really heard it. I'm like, well, I guess it was a tight. And it was actually a little bit in episode three. She starts having it in episode three and then it's all of episode four. And so what's funny is that knowing how production works, these are 30 minute episodes. They likely actually shoot two episodes at a time. 
because it's typically how it's done. So you'll shoot um, over a two week period and maybe a bit longer, but tips, I imagine for something like this over two weeks, you'll shoot two episodes. So you'll kind of be like bouncing back and forth between scenes. So it's quite, that's why she might have a sore throat in, the, in one episode, in episode three, a little bit, but then mostly in four, because they might've just been like finishing some stuff up. That's, that's, that's like that's one random scene in episode high, three. It's only like one scene in the whole episode. She has a, a, a high, sore throat. <laughs> hilarious. And then the other thing that I really liked is the appearance by Siobhan Fallon, who was an old SNL Edgar actor suit. from the nineties. Yeah. Or the yeah. lady who said Edgar suit. You can't I, see her and not go Edgar go, suit. I know Edgar you have suit, to go yeah. Edgar suit. You can't. It's like, a, like, it's like, like her Edgar tone. Suit. Edgar suit. But she's she's been in a lot of things. I thought she was. I remembered her from SNL, and I just it was really nice to see her in there. Chai, you've seen a lot of the show because you're she's already in therapy. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. That was episode six. six. Episode five or six, either way. And so I would say I would say this show is like a a a buy or at least do your free trial of HBO Max and watch this during your free trial. Because I'm, I'm in. You can knock this out and real quick too. Look, I, you know how I fall asleep during shows. Allie and I watched, I think, three or four episodes last night in a row, and I was like, we could have kept going. Yeah. But it's I like watching so a movie good in to hear parts. because I tried watching it with Vlad the first episode, and he does this thing where, like, every six minutes or so, he just looks at me. He goes, "But just tell me, is this a is it is this supposed to be a comedy? But it's not funny." Or is this a drama and I just don't understand what's dramatic about? Like he does that thing where he acts like he doesn't know what's going on. And I'm like, you know what? You're you're cut off. You're, We're you're not doing this anymore. And you make stories for a living. Right. Figure so it out. Stop. <laughs> just I mean, just say you don't want to watch it and we'll put on some old episodes no, of Seinfeld. I wouldn't even bother. I watch this by myself. Are you kidding yeah. me? I think it's adorable so that Shai's watching it. It also shows yeah, a little you know, bit of gossip. I, he like wants to know what's going to happen. I can tell. Yeah, I'm a bit like, of a gossip, end up with? but also, you know what? I really love watching TV with my wife, and I Aww. really enjoy something that we both can get into together. And and one of the things that's happened during quarantine is, like, we've really made an effort to watch, like, pick a show and watch it together. We watched The Sinner. We watched Little Fires Everywhere. We watched, right, like, they're... they're Obviously, we can't have a global gut zeitgeist anymore of watching shows, but sometimes when things are crazy and schedules are crazy, you even miss watching a show with your partner. And uh, with Allie, uh, I love watching Billions, which like stopped in the middle of the season. So <laughs> I'm not kind of stuck with this Showtime membership until I find out when the Billions episodes. But I love having That's a show to watch with you. Allie. And it's been fun and it's been fun to watch it. So this was a, this was a, a nice one to try together. All right. So... So yeah, now Becky, uh, mm-hmm. why don't we talk about what we've been watching and kick off with uh, your review? I don't really know. You've been promising us something about old okay. Movies. Oh, um, Shai has to watch it though. I think for you. To okay, give well, I don't have a lot of shit. time left. I'm, I don't have I'm a lot not... of time. But no, no, he doesn't need to watch it to understand. Okay, so old. Okay, when we used to go to the movies every Friday night and watch a big action movie, right? We had our, we'd sit in the car on the way home and we'd always read them. Oh, it's a three star, it's a two star, four star, five. You know, we'd have our, our discussions. And there was this standard rating system of one to five stars of what a movie was. Okay. And you can still, you know, you, you look at Avengers or whatever it is, and that still fits into, into these, you know, theatrical release um, blockbusters. Now, Netflix has done this thing where over time, they have chipped away at what it qualifies as a decent movie. So within the Netflix system, 
there's a different rating parameters than if you took one of these and tried to put it in a movie theater. So a movie like Old Guard, if you tried to rate it against like actual blockbuster action movies would be at the bottom of the barrel, like a how did this get made sort of worthy movie. But within the Netflix body of work, let's say compared to Triple Frontier. But I think we're doing a disservice to films if we give them their own rating system. No, I'm saying within that world, it's, I think, actually like pretty good compared to it, which then leads me to believe. It's definitely better than all the other That shit the people that who make movies at Netflix have never seen movies. <laughs> because well, I don't know how you exactly. watch movies, know how, like, know how story, like, just like basic storytelling happens in a movie, which is like through images and things that you see. And then you go and you make a movie like Old Guard that's an action movie. But it's like two hours and ten minutes of talking. About like I was like, feelings. oh my god! When they handed Charlize there on this script, what, did she say, "I have to know all these words. I'm gonna have to remember all this dialogue." Like, what the fuck kind of action movie is this? And you know, I feel like they there's something weird with the Netflix. I, these Netflix you don't have to action worry about me watching it because I don't like has, Netflix action movies. I'm not gonna. I well, just what I'm saying is that actors. What I'm saying is that story. Olga is from a graphic novel, and it is a fantastic story. There's I have no, there's no triple frontier shit. An incredible like, alternate pitch for this movie yes, of how the story could be done. You but do. That aside, but wait, you're interrupting. What I was saying I, was, yeah, am I? yeah, you were. I was talking, and so started talking. For me. What I was trying to say, if I didn't forget already is that they, there's something about, like, this was a slam dunk. You have amazing actors. The story's great. Amazing from a graphic actors. novel. Whole cast the, is brilliant. The whole cast is fantastic. And then, I, is it, Becky, do you think, and should I give me your opinion as well, are they saying, we can make this longer these people are watching it at home and they're going to pause and get up and go to the bathroom and maybe get it, like, No, it's not about longer. It. Like, it's that, like, like, the, the, oh my God, this is, the you script, turn it, like, I mean, an action movie the script feels like it was actually written by a film student who doesn't have any or a film student so even a budget a job. there's nothing creative in the storytelling and i think for me that's what that's what crushed a movie like old guard because the story is actually pretty cool it's like a sense eight kind of vibe you know you know it, there's Charlie's some really cool magnetic. like super I mean, some, super cool some super cool supernatural elements but the actual storytelling is so linear and so boring that even though you have this really cool characters and elements and history and things going on the straightforwardness it's like step one step so, two step three there's nothing inventive it, about how they're presenting this story to you which is what i think is so bad about the movie and that's what i say it's like because there's nothing inventive about the way in which the story is told it wouldn't hold up against um you know actual blockbuster movies but within the netflix catalog where no one knows how to tell a good story and by comparison it's actually pretty good well, I'll just say, speaking of Charlize, I was listening to the Take Two podcast, Tony and Brian. I'm a Patreon subscriber, so I get their exclusively released episodes. And they did an episode on best part fours in a series of movies. That's awesome. And they wisely both put Mad Max Fury Road, which I you don't know, think about as a fourth part, but is the it fourth is. entry in the Mad it, Max yeah. series. And Charlize is amazing in that movie and as an action star. 
and there were oh all no this, this is not on her but but, but this was no, all this discussion back then about potentially turning furiosa into the sequel and and having a sequel about her they, like why they recast her oh, they, they why are isn't she doing they re- that they are yeah, they, they recast, recast her because it's it's a young story so it's going to be the story of a young furiosa they didn't so pick they re- her as the actress right and she's glad so i want to credit vlad oh. with a good point which is yeah. that Sorry, that works to do a young Furiosa and recast if than... you do it if she's like 13. So if it's the story of Furiosa at like 13 years old, where there's no physically human possible way it could ever be Charlie Theron, then you then you do it that way. But from that opening shot, like the opening shot of Old Guard is actually like Charlie's walking down an alleyway, just looking like beyond perfect and stunning. We're both like, she could play a 20 year old. She, she said herself. She so goes mad. She goes, I'm really sorry. She's like, I'm sorry. She basically was like, I'm so fucking good that I think audiences would have suspended belief and allowed me to play the younger Furiosa. So give me a fucking break. So that's basically the main also, it'll be like I, I, a also, third, it'll be like a Hannah situation and it'll uh, be like a young No, I don't think she's I'm, that young. I'm less interested know, in the young not. Furiosa story. I would have liked to it's see just a, it's like a prequel and they just didn't but cast it. Also that movie notoriously was one of the most brutal films to shoot. It was like 9 months in the Sahara and they were miserable well, and her like, and Tom and also, Brady right. right. Tom Brady was it? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Like, hate, they, they, like, so I also could see other. why she might be saying that, but secretly be like, ooh, dodge that, that bullet. That, that movie is pretty <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, Lily, what have you been watching? Pretty much what I just told you. The Love Life I just finished. Um, bajillion Dollar Properties. And today, I miraculously found Selling Sunset. Which you know is what I'm doing. I don't watch reality. Day. I don't watch reality TV, but Becky, I am fascinated. Can't like, wait. And I have to tell you, they sell more homes and show you more homes on Bajillion Dollar Properties that is fake than the actual show about properties. So far, <laughs> I've seen just a lot of girls like arguing, and one very expensive, gorgeous house. So yeah, this I don't know. Uh, unbelievable! But it's like the worst hilarious. Shy the clothes, like just the outfits alone. You got to what you need to. I'm I'm asking you for five minutes. You just gotta give me five minutes. Maybe. Uh, I ha- So I saw, as I mentioned before, East Jerusalem, West Jerusalem. It's available on iTunes. It's about David Broza uh, making an album with uh, Palestinian musicians. It's really beautiful. The soundtrack is awesome. Like the actual album just sounds great. Steve Earle, the famous American musician, actually produced the album and is in the show, as is Steve Greenberg, the gentleman I had the chance to interview. So I recommend that film and the album that goes with it. Uh, Allie and I last week did I haven't mentioned to you guys the movie VFW yet yes yes I, I mentioned know, it on I the know. podcast I don't know it's anyways it's not a movie I can recommend but it was an hour and a half and I enjoyed watching it and the reason and, and it's produced by Fangoria magazine so when, when a movie is produced by Fangoria magazine like that tells you something there's going to be lots of splattering heads and axes and bodies and crazy things like that and it totally delivers on that so it's a movie that delivers on its promise it stars Stephen Lang William Sadler and Martin Cove who a year ago told me about the movie when I had a chance to meet him he of course plays the evil sensei but he couldn't be a nicer right. person in real life he's just like a nice Jewish grandpa and they play a bunch Some karate of karate kid and them along with Fred Williamson and George went and a few other young actors play these people in a post-apocalyptic future where everyone's addicted to a crazy version of oxy that turns them into like crazed zombies are 
hanging out in an old VFW bar and they have to fight their way out in the middle of the night. And the, the most heads exploding and axing of people <laughs> I've seen in a long time. Lily, I think Jose would, it, it is kind of a comedy. It's a, it's a real grindhouse movie and it has a real sense of humor about it, but it's, it's all like, if you try to think of it as, as serious movie you're gonna be freaked out but if not then it's obviously like a a, a chop em up evil dead kind of style movie and and so i can't really recommend it to anyone unless they really like that genre of movie but Allie looked at me and she goes you know i don't think that was good but i really you know i enjoyed it and i, I enjoyed it i thought it was fun and then i'm finally getting to start watching the second season of patriot which is a masterpiece that's on amazon but that is a really dense show amazing soundtrack but if you takes you it's not a show where you can like even look away from the screen for a minute because if you don't it's absent in french and dutch and persian and anyways it's it's there's a lot of stuff in it and i find myself always rewinding parts but i am enjoying it and it's a recommendation from our dear friend mark toner who uh we have to have back uh to talk about russell crowe sometime uh with that i think we're wrapped up lily where can people follow you you can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd. I'm sorry, my dog is sitting next to me just crying. Can you hear that? Yep. <laughs> I'm like fussing. <laughs> Such a baby. He wants me to open the door, but I won't. Just sit down just for Give there. us That's your so handle. Ah, oh, Chi Chi K Gomez. Um, I was going to be like at gmail.com. That's not true. <laughs> Chi Chi K Gomez. Well, you should Whoever try that emailing is, that just got an email. See what happens. I mean, I, I, may, I have that mixed up version of your email, Lily, and that lady who I was and sending I, Friday Night Movie. <laughs> I was sending her Friday night movie show and outlines I, for like two years. She finally wrote back and said, yours. I don't think this is the right person. And I have one from years, but that guy never wrote me back <laughs> for a while. Um, you're like, I'm not getting your emails. Becky, uh, where are you? At paper BK princess on Twitter, social medias. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow me at Pancake and the number four table, Pancake Four Table on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow all of the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Friday Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram or Friday Night Movie Our theme song is by What Does It Eat, the band that I am in with the great Howie. And we have a new record out on Spotify and iTunes and everywhere else called Sidecar about 1980s and 90s TV characters. Check it out. It's a lot of fun and um, very important. Our family supports the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and the Equal Justice Initiative in our solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. Please go and check those organizations out. And if and learn from what they have to offer, but also support them if you'd like to support them. Uh, we support them. And uh, I think with that, the show is wrapped up. And I love you guys. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Wait, listen, every time I shower, I think of Gretch because I'm just like, I'm not washing my legs.
I oh, I don't, I don't wash my legs or when my they feet. put that in the show. I was like, who washes their legs? <laughs> but really like, I often, oh, wash, I, I think I would wash I, my legs. Did I tell I you can't guys? Reach that, my legs. Did I tell you guys that point. I, that she did a birthday, um, charity thing, uh, for, um, Rich? yeah, uh, I a birthday charity thing to raise something for the children's of children of promise. And it's about helping children who are children of, um, uh, incarcerated parents, at least one incarcerated parents um, in New York. And so I donated like a chunk of money and uh, she wrote me a really like nice quick thank you back. Oh, that's sweet of her. She was, she was matching people. So if you gave, she gave. Oh, right. For her birthday. Yeah. So oh, that's, that's kind really of nice of you. 